KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On a Friday morning, it's Friday, March 5th, and we're so grateful for your listenership here at EWTN, as well as Ave Maria Radio, co-producers of this program, and many more, as you just heard. Good to be with you. So much to talk about today. I wish we had three hours. Always great to have Doug Keck on with me. He's the president and chief operating officer of EWTN. He joins us on Fridays, if you're a new listener, for a segment called The Inside Word, where he gives us an inside peek at all the great programming. And because I love picking his very large brain, I always just like to tap into the cultural issues and things that are going on and how we at EWTN are addressing them. So a lot to talk about with Doug both of us being from the East Coast, breaking news overnight. This is a major story. And when I was watching the coverage of it this morning in preparation for the show, I was just sobbing. I, I, I just go crazy when I see, I mean, we all do, but we should, injustice. It just drives me nuts. Um, and, and the whole thing with this nursing home scandal is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there was great concern and with good reason expressed earlier this week and Dan Gaynor from the Media Research Center mentioned this on, on Catholic Connection a few days ago, that the sexual accusations, sexual harassment accusations against Governor Cuomo now involving three women, that they were kind of being used by the media and even by Cuomo himself to hide the bigger issue, not that investigating sexual harassment allegations certainly aren't important, that's a major issue as well, but the loss of life and the playing around, the allegations of playing around with the numbers to put out a totally different perspective. I've posted the story. Um, I can't believe I'm actually posting a story from the New York Times, but uh, they're finally doing their jobs. The New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, both overnight, big developing stories. We'll have more in the news coming up. That it's worse than we thought, that they knew even earlier regarding what was going on with the nursing home deaths. This is pretty scary stuff. And it was happening at the same time Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, was writing his book. And at the same time, he was bouncing all over the mainstream media, doing all these interviews as he was the media darling. And and I heard a montage on one conservative station the other day of all these sound bites of the media just gushing over him. And I'm sorry, but the media are complicit in this. What did they know and when? And I think what they're doing now is realizing, uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a big problem, even though they knew it. But a lot of them, I believe, in terms of what I'm seeing and the way the media have covered this, could be complicit in in this cover-up as well. Why weren't they asking the questions? Why, when the federal government, and we saw this in Michigan, in two places, I had the prosecutor from Macomb County, which is a county in southeastern Michigan, and he was a state senator last year when all this was going on. We had the now the infamous TM, TFC Center um, downtown, which is a big conference center, Cobo Hall. It used to be called Cobo Hall. And then another location in a suburb north of Detroit, a similar huge conference center, set up to take people. In New York, they had the ship. So what was going on? So, And why weren't the media asking these questions? Well, they were so obsessed with a particular agenda-driven issue, as in the election, and getting a particular person out of office, that they ignored so much of what was going on with COVID, and not just with Cuomo, 
Now they're slowly starting to report about the suicides and the impact on the economy and the cities and townships that were destroyed and the depression and the problems with children who aren't in school and the isolation. And here we have 15,000 plus people lost their lives. 15,000. And what are we going to do? He's sitting there and saying, I'm not going to resign. That's criminal if everything is proven to be true. But here's the thing, and I was chatting with my friend uh, Kelly Walquist about this this morning online, back and forth in emails. The Lord allows things to happen, and there's a big light shining on the darkness right now, okay? Things are starting to implode, because there were many states, including my own, and I'm very sensitive to this, because living in Michigan, we've had so many problems, and so many of my friends owning businesses, whether they be travel agencies or restaurants, are hanging on by a thread. And if they didn't have their faith, they would have been done. This has got to stop. Yes, we have to be careful. Yes, we have to be cautious. But these arbitrary rules all over the place and the discrimination against churches and the hiding information on the deaths, enough. And God is allowing this now to come out in very different ways that we never expected. The sexual accusations are shining a light on Cuomo. Now, some were saying, and, and, and that may have been the case earlier this week, but not anymore, that it was hiding what was happening with the nursing home deaths. Well, questions have to be answered, and we are looking into this in Michigan as well, as you heard the Mackinac Policy Center on with me the other day in terms of transparency, demanding transparency from our governor who followed the same pattern. This is a pro-life issue. This is a Catholic social justice issue. If we are truly pro-life from womb to tomb, we have to be concerned, obviously, about abortion, obviously about euthanasia, obviously the most vulnerable. Who's the most vulnerable right now in this situation? I mean, there's a long list, starting with the elderly and those most impacted by COVID. So let's continue to pray for the light to be shown on the darkness, to shine on the darkness. And then let's remember, some people give up and they say, oh, it's over. It's never over. It ain't over till it's over. I think it was Yogi Berra who said that. The responsorial psalm today, remember the marvels the Lord has done. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. And the gospel, the gospel from the gospel of St. Matthew, where Jesus is talking about the tenants, right? And the people who were given responsibility, and then it was taken away from them because they did not treat people with respect, and they were power hungry. Coinkydink, that the gospel, is that today? I think not. And anyway, I was just watching some of the the interviews, the people who lost loved ones, and I was just sobbing this morning. I lost my mom last year, almost a year ago. Now, she didn't die of COVID. Um... But still, you lose a loved one, and that's hard enough. But when you know that things possibly could have been prevented, and that's what seems to be adding up right now, that's a whole different ballgame. So the grief, it's adding insult to injury. So we need to pray, and we need to pray and pray and pray, and also do what we can. If we know something of funny business going on somewhere with this COVID situation, we also need to appeal to our lawmakers in terms of let's see some balance in these regulations okay 
some very arbitrary rules and, and discrimination against churches. And no, you can't do this, but somebody else can go to a casino and hang out until 2 o'clock in the morning with a bunch of other people because casinos turn money over to the state. Basta. This has got to stop. If we are a people of life, we have to have the courage to bring this out and do what we need to do. I'm not saying throw caution to the wind. I'm not saying that. Please don't get me wrong. I am saying that this has just, it's just out of control. 15,000 people plus. And a particular leader says, I'm not going to resign. Okay. All right, we'll talk more about this with Doug Keck in terms of the importance of having alternative media to cover these things, and then we'll wrap up with Father Edward Looney, and he has a beautiful new devotional on how to pray the Stations of the Cross with St. Joseph in the year of St. Joseph. Thank you, Jesus. St. Joseph, pray for us. And then we'll wrap up with Fact Check Friday. I need like three hours this morning. I'm just saying. All right. How about the weather? Well, it's actually looking pretty good around the country. Let's take a look and see what you are in store for. In Michigan, we've got uh, sunny skies and a high of 43 today. The rest of the country, pretty clear. Warmer temperatures above average next several days in the northern plains and upper Midwest. A system dropping from the south central plains to Florida with some rain and thunderstorms and local heavy rain uh, in the uh, mountainous area of the Pacific Northwest is expected and also Northern California. It's already 10 minutes past the hour. So much to talk about. So little time. We have Doug Keck and Father Edward Looney on with us this morning on a Friday. Let's see what's happening in the news. Of course, we're also following and stay tuned to EWTN for all the details of the Pope's visit to Iraq. He arrived there today at Baghdad International Airport, kicking off his 33rd apostolic journey and the very first papal visit to Iraq, welcoming the Pope on the tarmac, a group of religious and political authorities representing the many realities of Iraq's diverse makeup, as well as a group of Iraqi citizens and two children with flowers for the Holy Father. Pope Francis spending four days in that Middle Eastern nation, during which he will travel north and south as a pilgrim, he says, seeking peace, fraternity, and reconciliation. Meanwhile, as Thaddeus Jones from Vatican Radio tells us, parts of the historic visit will be spent to the northern Iraqi region of Kurdistan. Pope Francis will be visiting the Christian communities throughout Iraq and especially the large ones in the north of the country. The Archdiocese of Erbil hosts the largest community of displaced Iraqi Christians. The communities have ancient roots going back almost 2,000 years. They've suffered enormously during the years of war and occupation. Since 2003, the church has been responsible for providing medical support, education, food, and being a voice for persecuted Christians. The country's struggling with an economic crisis made dramatically worse by the pandemic. Chaldean Archbishop Bashar Warda of Erbil says a pastor should always be there with his people. He is the shepherd, helping everyone with their survival needs that often go beyond pastoral and spiritual. That is why he also encourages the Iraqi diaspora and Christians worldwide to assist the church in Iraq in any way possible to survive the current emergencies and rebuild their lives after decades of war. Protection for the Holy Father's historic trip to Iraq being entrusted to the Virgin Mary. On the eve of his trip, Pope Francis, as he always does when he travels, visited the Basilica of St. Mary Major in Rome, asking for Our Lady's protection and intercession. The Vatican says he went, of course, again to St. Mary Major for a moment of prayer before the well-known Byzantine icon of Mary, protectress of the Roman people. In other news, Cardinal Donald Worrell, Archbishop Emeritus of Washington, D.C., who stepped down back in 2018 amid scandal 
received over $2 million from the Archdiocese last year for unspecified, quote-unquote, ministry activities, according to an investigation. As Catholic News Agency explains in their report this morning, a March 3rd examination of the Archdiocese's financial records by the outlet The Pillar found that Whirl was allocated over $2 million for continuing ministry activities during the 2020 fiscal year. The amount appropriated to Whirl is up from approximately $1.5 million. The financial statement does not detail what the activities or what activities those funds allocated or facilitated. The big story we mentioned at the top of the hour, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's administration now being accused of rewriting a report on coronavirus nursing home deaths. The New York Times got a hold of data and spoke to sources that reveal the governor's senior aides changed a report written by state health officials back in June. The aides took out the number of coronavirus nursing home deaths, which was about 9,000 at the time, in an apparent effort to hide the number. It was also around the time Governor Cuomo was writing his book on his pandemic achievements. Now, the Cuomo administration responded, saying the additional data taken out was admitted because it was not verified and did not change the conclusion of the report. The latest, first reported in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, released overnight, which also drew a reaction from Democratic New York Assemblyman Ron Kim, who previously was alleging that Cuomo had threatened him for speaking out against the governor's handling of the state nursing home situation. On Twitter, he said, this is criminal. The governor's top advisor is pushing state health officials to strip a public report of the data showing more nursing home deaths. The changes Cuomo's aides made to the report reveal they actually had the fuller accounting of deaths as early as the summer of 2020. In other news, Florida Senator Scott Rick Scott saying he opposes a Democratic COVID relief plan because it's overstuffed with too much pork. And he's warning senators that the Republicans will use every tool, he says, to stall the passage of the nearly $2 trillion package. What you're hoping for is the Democrats come to their senses and we do a targeted bill. Scott's saying the bill is filled with priorities that aren't even remotely connected to COVID. He says mounting debt, climbing interest rates, and looming inflation could be a big drag on economic recovery. Jack Cronin tells us about a high school in California making a comeback after a settlement of a lawsuit. And this happened in the San Diego area. Once counties get below 14 cases per 100,000, all sports, outdoor and indoor, can resume. I think the governor realized that the anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, unfortunately actual suicides, the number of kids that have joined gangs, the number of kids being incarcerated, the number of unplanned pregnancies, and all of the effects that you would expect when kids have too much idle time were actually happening, and we needed a release valve. We needed a solution. Scripps Ranch football coach Marlon Gardnera, whose son Nicholas was a plaintiff in the lawsuit, saying the countywide decision last month now applies statewide. On the East Coast, Connecticut taking a major step toward a return to normalcy with a significant rollback of restrictions. Governor Ned Lamont saying restaurants will be able to open at full capacity as of March 19th. We're beginning to get a handle on what works. It's not so much a question of how you adjust the dial. I think we're finding uh, what works is wearing the mask, social distancing, and vaccinations. In addition, sports and entertainment venues will be able to increase capacity, and the state travel ban has been lifted. Lamont says masks and social distancing are still required, and bars must remain closed. And finally, in our news segment at 15 minutes past the hour on a Friday morning, March 5th, Sarah Bartlett tells us that Delta is ready to put 1,300 pilots back in the air. 
The airline company says some pilots are expected to return as soon as Friday for training. They'll train again since they haven't been flying for several months because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Delta says travel has slowly been increasing recently, though it's still not at the level it was before the pandemic. It hopes to get to that level by summer of 2023. It's a Friday. That means Doug Keck will be joining us momentarily to give us a great insight and the scoop on great programming. Also, can't wait to get his input on what's happening uh, from the area of the country both of us are very familiar with, the East Coast. Talk more about that up next. Stay tuned. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Clean water is something we often take for granted. Turn on a faucet and out pours clean water that's safe for drinking. But that's not true in countries like Kenya, where the number one cause of child mortality is from drinking contaminated water. Together, we can change that. Cross Catholic Outreach works with local Catholic partners around the world to transform the lives of families living in poverty. You can join this mission at crosscatholic.org slash bless. That's crosscatholic.org slash bless. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 10 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan cost goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile. Everyday living. Effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Always enjoy chatting with Doug Keck, President and Chief Operating Officer from EWTN. Joins us every Friday with the inside word on programming. But, but Doug and I, both being from the secular media, we always talk about the issues. And, and I love to pick his brain, as I said earlier. All right. Both of us are from the East Coast. I'm from Jersey. You're from New York. It's just heartbreaking. I mean, I was watching the news this morning, and I was sobbing for thinking about all the people. And we've had the, this woman, Vivian Rias, a, a Christian sister in the Lord, who started this, this ministry called Voices for Seniors, you know, to raise awareness right. for those who don't have a voice. And, and you see, you know, people, imagine that. I mean, I lost my mom last year, which is hard enough. I can't even imagine how these people feel, knowing that this could be prevented. And, and the arrogance and the lies, and this is why the alternative voices, I keep going back to this, because you know what, Doug, the media are now reporting this, but where were they last summer when all this was going on? And that was the thing. I mean, if you were listening to the quote-unquote alternative media, you would have heard that these stories before, um, the, the, but they were then either totally ignored or denied. As you said earlier, I mean, this was all about 
getting Orange Man bad out of office. So Mm -hmm. regardless of whatever the truth was about Joe Biden's state of mind, the president's state of mind during the campaign or where it is now or these things that Mario Cuomo's uh, son had going on there, because I remember his father quite well. Uh, you know, doesn't fall chip off the old block. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, this kind of uh, attitude and anybody like uh, who was watching closely and was looking at it objectively could see these problems and could see the lies. But so many people, they didn't want to see them because what they wanted to do was make sure that uh, one way or the other, Donald Trump was gone. And mm-hmm. uh, now, post facto, now that it doesn't matter, um, these stories are being covered, some retrospectively, some because they just can't uh, possibly be kept underneath. And the media has some last vestige of trying to act important or actually uh, unbiased, uh, is embarrassed that they can't uh, hide it anymore, so they have to bring it out. In In the Cuomo case, I think the problem you have there is you have somebody who has created so many enemies, enemies over the years. Yeah. Uh, with his bullying and power tactics that when the the you know the beast is wounded everybody starts to look around and then when one person takes out the knife uh, and gets away with it or seems to get away with it then everybody else starts jumping in and that's why you see the cascade as you said uh, as he you know gets more and more hits um, you know, weakened by the nurser, uh, the nursing home scandal, and then obviously this, and now the latest story, which you just read, of course, about oh, gee, they changed the numbers, and and they knew you know. a lot earlier than they told us they knew about what was going on with the nursing home deaths. That also came out. Well, it was before the election. That's why. Right. Well, and also when he was writing his book. Oh yes. Well, we would not interfere with those sales. Well, I know that you brought the topic up regarding uh, the arrogance of, of these leaders, uh, especially mm-hmm. in terms of the case of, of Andrew Cuomo, who still identifies himself as a Catholic with um, the great um, brilliant Don't they all. Bits. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Please, let, 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 don't get me started. And, and, my, and a lot of them are Italian-American, so don't even let me go there, too, because that just drives me crazy. Anyway, uh, you were talking about this with Father Spitzer on an earlier show. Mm-hmm. You had Cuomo last summer saying that God, what was it last summer when things started to, yeah, when he, started when, to go down? God yeah, didn't do this right when he 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 had given a, a press conference one of those uh, daily briefings and he said you know that god didn't have anything to do with this it was the people of new york we did it we did it and uh, yeah i and and i and you had mentioned that and, and i recalled that when it happened i had brought it up actually on father spitzer's show because i thought you know again that kind of thing of like you know uh taking away the power of prayer is always a mistake first of all it does it is powerful Second of all, it's never a good idea, I think, uh, to, in a sense, chide God on that part, uh, because at the end of the day, wow. you know, he he comes out on top. And, and I think we have to look at this as faithful Christians and Catholics, and maybe we should uh, buckle up when we think of the Pope's visit and the people in Iraq who were Christian who have gone through, you know, an incredible maelstrom uh, of of of, of, of 
torrent of of uh, terror and war and 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 being oppressed uh really people have to stand up you know but uh yeah it is this uh kind of situation where we have to realize you know god has his own timing yes and and we think oh look at this person they're doing all these bad things and they're getting away with it and isn't this how come uh, it works that way i'm trying to be so good and then you know whether it's this kind of a situation where it blows up or some hollywood star who 20 years later um, you know, you find out has had this horrible, horrible life behind the scenes, yep. and you realize, you know, nobody's getting away with anything. Anything, right? <laughs> you right. Know? And God has His timing, you know. And 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 I think also the gospel today, in terms of um, how you know the responsibility and leadership is taken away from those who don't handle things properly. And I mean, it's 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 unfolding before our very eyes. And I just keep thinking of how important it is. Because how many times are we called crazy or conspiracy theorist? Oh, absolutely. Because of us trying to just raise questions. Raise questions about, okay, these rules are arbitrary. Why are the churches being being attacked? Why are there so many? You know, you had Archbishop Cordleone who was out there, you know, suing, mm-hmm. and, and the bishop in Brooklyn who had to go to court over this. How long could it last at some point? And now we're seeing the dominoes fall. Right, and again, uh, I think one of the things we're dealing with with all of this stuff is this kind of weird dichotomy where these some people, including the president, uh, you know, wear being Catholic on their sleeve as a defense to allow them to get away with anything they want to do that runs counter to the major teachings of the church, uh, and so you end up with that being put forward as a defense mechanism. Meanwhile. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett or anybody else who's right. normally uh, a regular Catholic yeah. is mm-hmm. getting attacked for be- being a member of a cult. You know, why isn't President Joe Biden being accused of being a member of a cult? Why is Mario, I mean, I always say Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo. program um, Pro-Life Weekly with Catherine last night. It was excellent. More great programming coming up. Uh, we want to give a highlight with Doug Keck and we come back. Stay tuned. At Mary Immaculate Catholic School in Farmers Branch, Our dedicated faculty help students and their families to come to know the person of Jesus Christ as they strive for college and heaven. We are enrolling now for the 21-22 school year. My name is Sister Mary Ann Zuberbuehler. I'm a Nashville Dominican sister and the principal at Mary Immaculate School. To learn more about how your child can be immersed in the truth, beauty, and goodness of a Catholic education at Mary Immaculate, visit mischool.org. God bless you. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider and a sponsor of this station. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you. 
Are you interested in helping teenagers and young adults learn more about the pro-life movement? Then consider having them participate in the Teach for Life virtual seminar. This seminar, hosted by the Catholic Pro-Life Community, provides educators with countercultural information based on the Word of God. It is designed to empower youth to become ambassadors for life. The online session takes place Friday, April 9th at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, April 10th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, visit prolifedallas.org forward slash teach. KATH 910AM welcomes Five Diamond Service as a new sponsor. It's owned by Oscar Castaneda from St. Monica Catholic Church in Dallas. They're a family-owned and operated business. Oscar invites you to contact Five Diamond Service to see how they can help you with any residential, commercial, construction, and post-construction cleaning services. You can visit their website, FiveDiamondService.com, or reach them via phone at 214-317-1055. Doug mentioned one of my favorite shows, Father Spitzer's Universe. Uh, Doug, I know that you and I have a lot of passion about this because we are a people of life, and this is a pro-life network, and we're pro-life from womb to tomb, so I wanted to get your take on on the situation in uh, New York, which we both know and love so well. Our heritage is from there, and, uh, you know, I grew up, well, not grew up, but I was born there and and lived there until I was about five or six years old and went back every year to Mm -hmm. the East Coast. My family's still there. So it, it, we, you know, we have a, a vested interest in more ways than one, as do so many people listening. But this is why EWTN is so important. So in addition to great shows such as Father Spitzer's Universe, what's coming up uh, for Lent next week? Well, obviously, I'll just say, obviously, complete coverage of the Pope this weekend, starting, obviously, already. Uh, and we'll have some tape delay shows for people who weren't up in the middle of the night watching these programs. So they'll, they will air it at reasonable times. Just go to EW10.com to find out. We've got... Uh, couple events today obviously one tomorrow mass and a couple other masses and another event on sunday so people can check that out we've got tonight ewtn news in depth is kicking off its premiere episode so uh, that's an exciting program one hour review uh in-depth review of catholic news in the world so we all wish uh Monsi Alvaredo and her team, uh, a, a wonderful start. Uh, we've also got Hope to Die, Life and Death of the Body, which is a new series by Dr. Scott Hahn coming up this weekend. It's going to run every Saturday. We've got Ignatius of Loyola, uh, that movie, on Saturday night. A new Savoring Our Faith coming up on uh, this Sunday with uh, Father Leo. Having It's a Lenten episode. It's kind of interesting, interesting food to eat during Lent. So we'll see what, see how he, what he concocts. We also have Faith in Life, a series of interviews from Ireland, and also Scott Hahn will be on the live show uh, next Wednesday night with uh, Father Mitch, of course. Oh, that's great. Well, Just a bit. Know, and I'm so also grateful for the news outlets, too, in terms of uh, Catholic News Agency, The Register, EWTN right. News Nightly. <laughs> I spend so much time getting sound bites from, from these programs in our network that aren't, because like, you can't get them in the secular media because they don't put them out there. Exactly. That's the thing. If you don't watch uh, our outlets or listen to Catholic radio, in many cases, there are stories, there are sub behind the scenes stories. There are the the story even that broke on, uh, you know, that the pillar broke on um, having to do with the, world. the Cardinal, Cardinal mm-hmm. world. I mm-hmm. mean, that, unfortunately, I mean, those are the those are very disheartening stories for mm-hmm. really good Catholics who sit there and listen at many times that the church is struggling with COVID and the donations are down and people want to support their parishes. And then somebody sits there and says, and he, what is he getting? What is he doing for $2 million a year? Right, and is right. there really an accounting for this? And it 
just makes people think, you know, this is the part that that hurts so many people's faith. It it has nothing to do with our real core faith, but it's just very disillusioning for so many of exactly. us who, yeah. who love love Mother Church, really, whether it's uh, some of the things that go on sometimes or misunderstandings coming out of Rome or just these the scandals, not only, again, not only the sexual scandals that we obviously have heard and dealt with, but the, the financial ones where the misuse and misappropriation of money uh, around the world, it's just very disheartening for people, yeah. and they just got to stay close to Jesus in the Eucharist. And that's why it's so important to follow us, because we do that in so many different ways. In addition to the interviews and the news and the programming, the fact that we have the Mass and the Rosary, and we can right. still watch Mother Angelica and hear her great wisdom, I mean, that's what's going to get us through everything, our eyes on Jesus. My spiritual director always says, T, all things Christ, and that's what we have to do. Absolutely. That's what we got to remember, that, that he is the one carrying us through. He's the one who will get us through. These other things, unfortunately, they're featured with human beings and human foibles, and they will always be there. And wherever, you know, we have these kinds of things or attempting for people to live a holy life, the devil and his boys are going to be right there, too. Yep. So we keep focused. Doug, thanks so much for the extra time this morning and for your insight. Anytime. Doug, no problem. President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTM. We're going to let you go, and we do have Father Edward Looney on the phone with us, and he has a website, edwardlooney.com, and um, I had written him about something uh, regarding some special holy water that I received from uh, a friend of mine, Susan Tassoni, and he wrote me right back, and he said, hey, by the way, I've got this uh, Stations of the Cross devotional going on, and so I wanted to bring him on to talk about that. It is 32 minutes past the hour. Father, thanks for your patience. Sorry we're a little bit late, but a lot going on in the news this morning. Thanks for joining us. Oh, happy to join you, especially during this year of St. Joseph. Amen. And, uh, to talk about the stations. All right, so tell us about the devotional Pray the Stations with St. Joseph. Yeah, you know, it, it all started with uh, a tweet. I, I tweeted out just kind of looking to see if anyone had done anything like this. Uh, were there any Stations of the Cross focusing on St. Joseph? And, you know, it's kind of a bizarre thing, because St. Joseph wasn't there at the crucifixion. He was presumably already deceased. And so how is it that you could pray the Stations of the Cross? But I really believe that there were parallels, you know, with the early life of Jesus, kind of the, the prediction of his passion, all of these things. And so I thought maybe someone would have already put this together, and I didn't find it. <laughs> And that really moves me to say, well, you know what, I want to do this myself. I'm going to write a little Stations of the Cross for the Year of St. Joseph. We'll use it at the parish um, for the Year of St. Joseph. And so uh, that's what I did. I, I just sat down one day and began praying the Stations myself and saying, well, where's Joseph in all of this? So, mm -hmm. you know, going through the different Stations, like Jesus is condemned to death. Well, there was another ruler beside Pontius Pilate that condemned Jesus to death, and his name was Herod. And Herod wanted to kill all the young children. He wanted to get rid of Jesus. So, you know, there's that early condemnation, or, you know, Jesus picking up his cross. There's so many of those artistic depictions of Jesus uh, in the carpenter shop making a cross, you know, years before he would be crucified on it. So mm -hmm. um, there, there's lots of different parallels I thought that we could make then between the Holy Family and the Stations of the Cross, and, and really then to petition at each station some sort of grace, asking St. Joseph to obtain that grace from God for us. 
So where can we find, and we'll have to take a break in about three minutes, and we'll bring her back right after that, but where can we find the devotional for the Stations of the Cross, praying them with St. Joseph, Father? Sure, yeah. So there, it's actually uh, on Alethea, uh, which is uh, one of these wonderful websites that puts out daily content. I'm sure if you simply Google Pray the Stations with St. Joseph, you'll find it. And then on YouTube, I actually recorded it because, of course, lots of people still aren't going to church because of COVID. And, right. and I wanted to do something for the people in my parish, so I took our stations and took pictures of them and uh, recorded over that, uh, over the images, the different uh, prayers that I wrote for the praying with St. Joseph. So, And not only is it uh, available in text, but also you can listen to it, you can also not only on YouTube, but it's also on a podcast called Cup of St. Joe. It was released as a, a bonus episode on that St. Joseph podcast. So lots of different ways for people to, to get this free devotional for the year of St. Joseph and this month who sees it. You know, my husband and I are doing, um, I'm sure you're familiar with it, Father Don Calloway's beautiful book on the consecration to St. Joseph, and it's very interesting to learn more about him and the research that wonderful priests like you and Father Calloway are doing on St. Joseph. And, and when you're sitting there listening to it and, and reading it and, and you're thinking about St. Joseph, little little nuggets hit you. For example, I was thinking about all the evil in the world right now and how with everything going on, the Holy Father granted us this gift of the year of St. Joseph and how St. Joseph is one of his titles is Terror of Demons. You know, there's no coincidence, only Godcidences. We'll talk about that more with Father Edward Looney, who was ordained a priest for Green Bay back in 2015. He's a pastor in that diocese and a great communicator. His website, edwardlooney.com. More with Father Edward Looney on praying the stations with St. Joseph on a Friday morning. Stay tuned. Mary Immaculate Catholic School in Farmers Branch is now enrolling for the 2021-2022 school year. Under the leadership of the Nashville Dominican Sisters, the dedicated faculty at Mary Immaculate helps students to develop their gifts of nature and grace so as to reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your child can be immersed in the truth, beauty, and goodness of a Catholic education at Mary Immaculate, visit mischool.org. God bless you. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair, from oil changes to complete engine replacement or transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. Faith Fitness is a ministry with the goal of bringing Jesus' message and teachings to the young adult community through monthly talks on different topics. On March 23rd, Bishop Greg Kelly will join Faith Fitness at Texas Ale Project Brewery to speak about St. Joseph as a role model for our lives. The event takes place on Tuesday, March 23rd, starting at 7 p.m. at Texas Ale Project Brewery. For more information, please visit the Faith Fitness Ministry Facebook page. Hi, my name is Jake. My brother Gerald and I are Simply Real Estate Investors and sponsors of KATH 910 AM. Our team, along with partners, specialize in helping you and your neighbors in distressed situations by buying distressed homes. In doing so, we enjoy revitalizing the neighborhoods and giving back to the community. The number to call is 682 317 
888-985-9330 or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. We will put the link to the devotional Pray the Stations with St. Joseph. It's something you can find online in print and print it out and also on YouTube. And as Father mentioned, uh, Alatea, the website, alatea.org, but uh, no fears. We will put the links on the uh, Catholic Connection archives later today. So you go to AveMariaRadio.net and just click on the archives, and every segment of the program is listed with the resources. Andrew does that every single day to help you, so you can go back, listen to it, and then, of course, get the resources. So, Father, we were talking during the break and then leading into this segment about how powerful St. Joseph is when we ask for his intercession. What gave him, what do you think led to him being given the title Terror of Demons? What do we know about that? You know, Father Calloway has a beautiful image, you know, that he commissioned of, of St. Joseph uh, terrifying the demon in a sense. And, uh, you know, it probably goes, uh, I can't give you the history of it, but if you just look at it in terms of the fact that Mary crushes the head of the serpent, we see that with the Old Lady of Grace statue, that, well, then it makes sense that St. Joseph would would have a similar title, that he would do something. A lot of times we see the complementarity of our Marian devotion with the devotion of St. Joseph. For example, we call Mary the health of the sick, and in the litany of St. Joseph we call St. Joseph the hope of the sick. Or, you know, we call him the patron of the dying, and every time we pray the Hail Mary, we say, Mary, pray for us at the hour of our death. So there's really... Uh, similarities between our devotion uh, between or to the Holy Family, especially to Mary and to Joseph. So I would say there's something there in terms of sharing in that role alongside the Blessed Mother, but also, too, if you think about how he goes about and goes to e- Egypt, he, fly, he flees into Egypt, really, because of, of what uh, Herod was doing. And so uh, there, there was, in a sense, fleeing from evil there as well. So, you know, it's a rich title, and I know lots of people have a strong like and and devotion to that title because there's so much evil in our lives, even ourselves. We look at our sins, and so we need uh, the saintly intercessors. And if St. Joseph can terrorize the demons in our lives, well, that's great for him and great for us as well. And I think also to really um, do this, it's, it really is a, a Lexio, form of Lexio Divina, especially the Stations of the Cross, when you are uh, thinking of the people that were, and we know that, that um, our tradition is that St. That Joseph wasn't there at, that, at the uh, Passion, Death, and Resurrection of our Lord, but we can imagine what it was like and think about him as we are going through the stations and also think about the Blessed Mother there and what she was going through without Joseph at her side. So this is, I think, another form of uh, divine reading, is it not? Definitely, for sure. And it's how, when we pray the stations, we ask those different questions of, of, you know, how do these relate to my life? And right. as we answer those questions, well, then now we can ask, well, how does St. Joseph play into here? How can I ask St. Joseph at the station of Simon of Cyrene to pray for me? And, well, Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus. And, uh, well, we need people to help us. And so we ask St. Joseph to ask the Lord to send us helpers when we need them in our life. So, how can we make the connection? And, and it is, as you mentioned, that, that form of uh, Lexio Divina uh, and just a, a petitionary prayer as well uh, to this saintly intercessor. 
And so, again, this is both in a written format that they can print up through uh, Alatia, and then also they can find it on YouTube, correct, Father? That's right. So it is on YouTube, on my little YouTube channel. Just type in Stations with St. Joseph. I'm sure you'll find it. There's not much out there on this topic. Now, I know that um, this is a year of St. Joseph, and I know that Lent is, uh, that you don't have a hard copy of this, but do you think this could be a book that you could do? Because I think uh, even after the year of St. Joseph is concluded, this would still be a beautiful tool for people. So you think this might turn into a book at some point? Yeah, you know, great question. I actually uh, just pitched to a publisher the possibility of writing like 10 different Stations of the Cross, because I know that a lot of my parishioners pray the Stations every day during Lent, and so... I think it would be nice for them to have some sort of um, variety in that praying. And I thought, well, you know, you can write them from different perspectives. I wrote a station for the cross a few years ago uh, for those who are going through a loss of a loved one. So how do you pray the stations when you're grieving? Or I I wrote a station last year called Praying the Stations During COVID-19. So um, it is something that I've been devoted to, and I've been reflecting and writing, and and I thought, well, maybe we could do even more. And so that's that's a hope. Maybe we'll see if it, it transpires. What's been the response? And by the way, if you're just joining us on Catholic Connection, we're speaking with Father Edward Looney from the Diocese of Green Bay. His website, edwardlooney.com. Uh, what um, has been the response, Father, to the uh, praying with the stations with St. Joseph? Yeah, it was, it's been very overwhelming. So many people uh, are clinging to it and uh, lots of people send me different things, like my friends, if they see it floating around on the Internet, they'll share with me who uh, is posting it now. And so uh, just a few days ago, I got an email from a diocese in China. So I don't know if it was a state China church or if it was an underground diocese, but they basically asked, you know, can we translate this into Chinese so that our people can use it? Just this morning, someone wow. sent me something from South Africa. Wow. So uh, a diocese in South Africa is using it. Um, there was another priest. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to preach a, a mission on St. Joseph. I was looking for stations on St. Joseph. He said, I was going to write my own, but then I found yours. So um, it's something that I think a lot of people were looking for, maybe, but didn't realize they were looking for it, and now they found it. And uh and people are really engaging with it. It's a great prayer for this year of St. Joseph and for the Lenten season. Amen. Father, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And again, Father's website is edwardlooney.com, but you can find Pray the Stations with St. Joseph, alatia.org, and also on YouTube. Now, we will be putting these links up on, and I want to make this clear, Catholic Connection, AveMariaRadio.net. Go to the archives section, and you'll see that. And you can pull it up, re-listen to the interview, but then also uh, share these beautiful resources. You can print them up and have them with you in the Pray the Stations, or you can watch this on YouTube and, and actually use the format if you're not uh, comfortable with going back to church yet. Father, God bless you. Let us know if this turns into a book, okay? We'll do definitely. All right, and pray for all of us. Yes, you're welcome. Pray for all of us here at EWTN. Father Edward Looney has great resources on his website. A little bit of background of him as well in terms of his uh, priestly ministry, edwardlooney.com. It's a Fact Check Friday. A few minutes with you and how you can make a difference, especially right now with all that's going on with these stories breaking left and right when they should have been breaking last year and they weren't. We need to hold the media's feet to the fire. We'll be right back. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. 
Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. In Nicaragua, many children grow up in rural areas not knowing what it's like to have clean, safe drinking water. Their water sources are often shared with farm animals, and the water is infested with high levels of bacteria. Together, we can change that. Cross Catholic Outreach works with local Christian partners providing clean, abundant water to families in need. This dramatically transforms the health and the lives of generations to come. To learn more, visit crosscatholic.org transform. Why do we need Catholic Radio? Because not everybody is sitting in front of a computer or watching their television set at home. How about when driving to work? Catholic Radio is there for you. I may be a Catholic priest, but I'm still a student of the faith. And Catholic Radio helps supply good material, whether it be a question-and-answer format show, whether it be a show itself on doctrine or theology. I myself, as a priest, am always learning. Father Wade thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. If you're facing uncertainty with your current health care plan, now is the time to join CMF Curo. You can join any time during the year, and CMF Curo offers flexible Catholic health care solutions for individuals, families, and employers. CMF Curo is your personal health care advocate. Contact them today at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. 48 minutes past the hour. Members of the Society of Professional Journalists believe that public enlightenment is the forerunner of justice and the foundation of democracy. Ethical journalism strives to ensure the free exchange of information that is accurate, fair, and thorough, and ethical journalists act with integrity. The Society declares these four principles as a foundation of ethical journalism and encourages their use in its practice by all people in the media. Seek truth and report it. Minimize harm. Act independently. Be accountable and transparent. Now, I go back to this SPJ, Society of Professional Journalists, their code of ethics, because this is like the gold standard in newsrooms, or used to be, and they claim it's still the gold standard. But just listen to those four principles of foundation for journalism. And think about how none of this, not one of these so-called foundational principles have been followed. Seek truth and report it. Minimize harm. Minimize harm. Put that right in the spotlight now, what's happening with the nursing home scandal. Act independently. Uh Uh-huh. How's that going for you? Be accountable and transparent. Lack of transparency. The media are supposed to be exposing these type of things that we're seeing right now. And as Doug Keck said earlier on this program, oh, now they're reporting. Now it's all coming out. While people were dying in nursing homes, the majority of the media, with the exception of a few alternative outlets, the media were, and this is what it seems right now, possibly running cover, or in the least, they didn't ask questions. Because, as Doug said, the whole thing was get Orange Man Bad out of office. And now we're finding out more and more about what really happened. 
So I really think that the media are, this is my personal opinion as someone, again, who worked in the media for years, that they are complicit in this. They, at the least of this, they should have done their job in terms of asking questions. How many of us, as we mentioned earlier, and, and many of you who have uh, Facebook pages and you know platforms, whether it's at your parish or, or whatever, when we raise questions, you know, simple questions about the arbitrary rules and restrictions and draconian measures that were being imposed on us. And we were called conspiracy theorists. We were told we didn't care about people dying. I've been accused of that several times, even though I know personally several people who have died as a result of, of COVID. Because we're raising questions and saying, okay, in addition to be concerned about those who are diagnosed with COVID, those who have pre-morbidity situations, there is a fallout to this in terms of these measures shutting down societies and isolating healthy people. Look at what's happening with the children who have been kept out of school. Look at the suicide numbers that are skyrocketing. And now look at what we know about how the opportunity to place people in facilities that were made available, very large facilities that could house hundreds and in some cases thousands of COVID patients, were left empty. This happened in Michigan. This happened in New York. This happened in Pennsylvania. So any good journalist, if they're investigating, knows that where there's smoke, there's fire. And if you had Cuomo as the darling of the COVID response team, the media gushing over him, saying that I wish he were president in some cases last summer, and people following his example in states like mine in Michigan, what else is going on? How many other people died needlessly? And if we are truly a people of life from womb to tomb, which we are in the church, and this is your pro-life network, these questions have to be proposed and they have to be looked into. And then the media should be held accountable. And quite personally, I think that's why they're doing all these stories to say, oh, look, we're doing our job. Yeah? Where were you last year when all this started to happen? There was a, a media person, an anchor woman, who stepped down uh, from Phoenix just recently. And she was one of the reporters that was raising questions. She wasn't spouting conspiracy theories. She was just saying, well, wait a minute. Why is Fauci the only expert we ever talked to? Or why aren't we looking at this? Or or what about this? Why are a certain group of people and businesses told they can't do anything and others are allowed to just do whatever? And why are all these leaders, both Democrat and Republican, doing whatever they want while telling people just the opposite? It's about truth. The Catholic Church is the fullness of truth. And if we care about truth, we need to be bringing these things out into the open. And so here's my suggestion for you, and I say this in my book, Noise. My very first book I wrote came out in 2007, was updated in 2012. We have a responsibility as media consumers. When I was speaking with the representative from the Mackinac Policy Center, which is a think tank in Michigan that works on government transparency and other issues. Steve was telling me that they've joined in, in with this one reporter, this investigative reporter in Michigan, Charlie Duff. He's the only, as far as I know, reporter that's taken the step to work to file a lawsuit. They have to go that far against a leader to get information. Why is it only one lawsuit? 
So we have a responsibility as consumers to ask questions of our media outlets. People ask us questions all the time about, are we covering this, are we covering that? We do our best to respond. So if you have, let's say, if you're in one of those states where similar things are happening, right, you have a responsibility to respectfully always be Christian when you approach someone and to ask them, what are you doing about this? Okay, and to let them know that you're not going to be, and this is what I talk about, I outline this in my book, that you're not going to be supporting the advertisers that advertise on your local stations and your local papers if you don't start doing your job. And remind them of the Society of Professional Journalists Code of Ethics because I guarantee every single newsroom has a copy of this. All right, seek truth and report it. Minimize harm. Act independently. Be accountable and transparent. That's our Fact Check Friday for today. St. Joseph, pray for us. Be not afraid. Stand up and keep your eyes on Christ. All right, and on Monday, Janice Dean, speaking of this controversy from Fox News, she lost both of her in-laws in the middle of this whole COVID nursing home situation. She joins us live, and also, of course, Gail Buckley on a Monday. Have a great weekend. Keep your eyes on Christ and never give up. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Boldly proclaiming the truths of our Catholic faith, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Join the Catholic pro-life community as they pray the pro-life stations of the cross, the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, and the chaplet of divine mercy, and unite our sufferings and the sufferings of aborted babies with those of Christ. They will pray at the Southwestern Abortion Facility on 8616 Greenville Avenue in Dallas on Friday, April 2nd from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. For more information, contact Susan Platt at 214-392-7545 or email her at splatt at prolifedallas.org. Is your facility in need of additional meeting or classroom space, but there's no room in the budget to add on to the building? I'm Glenn Trahan, owner of Modern Fold Door and Specialties and proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Modern Fold Door and Specialties can solve your space division problems by installing operable walls to create additional spaces. We also provide repair and service. You can contact us at 214-357-2572 for a free consultation or trwfamily.com. God bless. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. 
Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.